0: Yo, yo, what up, what up? Welcome to the WTF Should I Do With My Life podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Sokol, and this is the show where we look at how to create a life with more fulfillment, more success, and more happiness while navigating the current challenges that our generation is facing. What is cracking? I'm pumped that you're here. We're gonna dive in today, and before we do... It's like a Saturday afternoon as I record this. I'm sweaty from a run. Just felt the need to tell you that so we could feel a little bit more connected. going to go out to a local joint here in New York, some kind of event at a place called PS1 where they have uh, local music and it's a beautiful day. I'm, I'm pretty pumped, ready to rock. But before I do, I'm recording this intro so that I can share with you one of the latest podcasts that I did. And, uh, this podcast is with Michelle Diavella. Now, Michelle, she supports women and men through their journeys in releasing pain, uh, opening their hearts and creating a life they love. And she's a breathwork teacher, which we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about what that is, which I'm really excited to share with you. Uh, Michelle's also a desire map facilitator. She's a writer. She's a mentor. She's awesome. Michelle can be found online at pushingbeauty.com and you can follow her on Instagram as well. She's super creative, has nice nice fun, inspiring posts. But breathwork is a is a subject and a modality of transformation that I've come across earlier this year. And it was actually through Michelle who I learned about breathwork. She offered me a session, and you know, I kind of said, no, I'm busy. Uh, very politely, oh, can you email me back, you know, in a few months when I'm not focused on my current projects? And she did. And then I kind of probably said the same thing to her again. And then she followed up with me again. And at some point I'm like, nah, all right, fuck it. I'll give it a shot. And I did. And it was powerful. And, you know, I've been on this journey over the last 10 years really to figure out Who am I and what's my purpose and how do I bring my gifts to the world and and what gets in the way of that and that's a never-ending journey, you know, you'll you'll hear the answers to those questions and you'll live out the answers to those questions, but the true um, journey is about continuing to inquire and go inward over and over and over again. It, instead of imagining going around in a circle with those questions, it's almost as if you're spiraling upward. It's a circular motion where you're going through those same things, but as you do each time, you elevate higher and higher in your growth and in your consciousness. And I've been looking at, you know, what are the most powerful modalities not so powerful that you're like, you know, puking buckets full like for 8 hours straight. Some people are into that. I am not at this point. And but but what are some of the, you know, practical tools that we can use where you don't need to go to a foreign exotic land, but instead, you can really tap into the power of transformation right here wherever you are. And breathwork, uh when I got a taste of it, It was like, whoa, this shit's powerful. So I thought I'd bring Michelle on the podcast and talk a little bit more about what it is that she does, what breathwork is, how you can use it, and some of the places that we end up going in today's conversation are how to tell the difference between fear and intuition. It's one of the biggest questions I hear over and over again. We also talk about how to know when it's time to quit your passion project and move on. Right? It's another kind of dilemma we can struggle with, like when is it time to give up and when is it time to push through. We also talk about what it takes to find out who you really are and reconstruct your identity based on that. We talk about why going deep sucks, but how it can free you from feeling stuck. We also talk about just the workings of breath work and, and how you can experiment and utilize this powerful modality. So with no further ado we going to jump on in. What up, what up? Let's do it. Michelle, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Jacob. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So tell us, what's the meaning of life?
1: <laughs> Let's dive right in.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, maybe we can save that question for a little bit later, but I'm pumped to have you here. It's been cool to connect with you over the last, I think we we tallied it up when we spoke last week, four years, something like that, five years, yeah. and to to watch your, your path and your journey from afar, which I've been able to do. But maybe a cool place to start would be you just telling me and, and telling everyone who's listening just a little bit more about um, your journey and specifically toward becoming a breathwork teacher.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, Yeah. So like, I think when we connected, which I think maybe over five years ago, I was doing graphic design work and we met on Twitter and, you know, I was running my own business. Um, And I had been an entrepreneur kind of from the start. As soon as I graduated college, I opened a premium denim store. I had a clothing line. I was like kind of doing all these things that sort of fell into my lap Um, and, and having fun doing it. But As I kind of got in the mix of everything and got myself in, you know, $20,000 worth of debt doing a denim company and realizing I don't really give a damn about denim or fashion and, you know, just (laughs) starting to like explore this process of like, who am I? You know, I was like in my early 20s, just kind of getting into some like personal development work and understanding. I I had just been reading um, The Power of Now, I think, you know, maybe 22, 23 and I was like, "Oh my god, I have a giant ego! <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's okay to say that I don't know how to do something." You know, I
0: think that was an uh, actual Kanye West song. I have a giant <laughs> ego, like some some version of that.
1: So good, so yeah, I can totally relate to Kanye West.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: Um, and then. Uh, um just kind of I did that for a couple of years and was just really not very happy um and actually my brother Matt who you know um had given me I, I told this story this morning actually so it's fresh in my mind but he yeah I was just not like super happy and I was kind of like People were sort of telling me like the the things that you're doing like are you really happy are you this is is this really what you want to be doing because it was clearly not aligned with like who I was and so for Christmas one year he bought me this book by um, Seth Godin which you might be familiar with and I'm sure some people listening uh, might be familiar with but we were really into him at the time and reading his blogs and he's a huge marketing like business guru and uh, the book was called The Dip um, and I think the subtitle was something like you know, when to know when to quit and when to stick. And it was kind of like a hint, hint, like time to quit, time Mm. to quit this business. Um, and so eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, screw the money and all the time that I invested into this. Like I really, this is not me and I don't know what it is, um, that I need to be doing, but I need to start exploring it. And I need to like free myself up by leaving these things. So closed out the,
0: Yeah. Did you have a question? I did. I didn't know I gave a physical or verbal cue (laughs) for you to actually hear that. (laughs) You took my breath away, Michelle. So, well, I think it's a fascinating question. And maybe you can share with us how you were able to figure out the answer in your own life and also just through the wisdom that you've accumulated, how somebody who's who's in their life um looking to navigate the question of how do i know when it's time to quit something that i've i've worked on really hard
1: yeah it's a i mean it's a pretty like I think personal slash intimate question, but like what my experience was, was that I was really not happy. Um, I didn't like going to this store. We had this store, like a physical store and I had to be there from like, our hours were like 12 to eight and I had to be there early, set everything up. I had to like, you know, run the business. I had to physically be in the location and then, you know, work on like building this business. And I felt like I was a prisoner. Like I, even one of my business partners would be like, you like do not seem happy like being here he his job was not to actually be on like be stuck at the location so that's probably why he didn't feel that way but like for me it was like I really was feeling like I I'm not happy doing this like I'm not excited to wake up in the morning and like go to this place and I started to feel into like I'm not like I'm not passionate about selling denim. Like I don't even, I sort of took an opportunity that was presented to me. I was very young and just like, wow, this is a great opportunity. Like, let me try it. And there were a lot of great things that came from it. But when it came down to like talking to people about that particular business, I'll actually give a recent example. I, uh, about two years ago had started, um, a little side business called animal kind. And it was dog bandanas, dog bandanas and dog leashes. (laughs) And I was like, I just want to like make a fun brand, um, that like I can, you know, make a little extra money doing. And I was at, um, renegade, renegade, renegade craft fair, which is like a huge, um, uh, like market for makers that they do in like pretty much every city in the country twice a year. Um, and I was meeting all these like really cool people and everyone I was talking to, I was telling them about Pushing Beauty and Breathwork and my brand and my other brand. So mm-hmm. I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is very clear that like I'm wasting my time and energy on these other things that aren't really my like soul work or my my true passion. So I would say like just listening to your intuition to that, whatever that part is inside of you that's saying like, mm, this doesn't really feel quite right. I'm not totally satisfied with this. Um, if you can, le- if you can be willing to lean into that and really listen to that voice, um, I think it will really start to take you a little bit further down the path of of knowing whether or not this is something you should leave.
0: Mm, nice. Well, I'd love to dive further into intuition later in in our conversation, but I'll I'll save that for now. So so tell us more. So you got clear, and you're like, okay, it's time to go. Um, move us forward from there.
1: Yeah, so it's time to go. I ended up leaving those businesses and um was at the same time actually doing graphic design work on the side. Um I just kind of was working at coffee shops before I had run those businesses and met some people and was they were like, "Hey, you know, can you do some graphic design work for me?" So I started doing that and Did you go to knew, school for that? I went to school for <laughs> Technically, I went to school for advertising art direction, so I wasn't actually taught graphic design in terms of, like, the programs, so I've been pretty much self-taught in most things that I've done, I kind of taught myself how to do it, and then people would see me, like, working on my computer as I was, like, working at these coffee shops, and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, graphic design stuff, because I was doing it for my other business, Mm. and then they would ask me to work for them. It sort of parlayed from there. Nice. So um so I, I ended up doing that for um probably like eight years total doing um graphic design as like my business. And um, you know, knew it wasn't it too, you know, pretty I, I don't even know, maybe a year or two was like, ah, uh, you know, something else, what is it? So the essence for me is like there was always this deep feeling within me from when I was really young. Um probably what other people who are like consider themselves seekers would feel like there's something more and I don't know what it is. There's something more. And the life around me, the world around me, isn't giving me any answers or any, the context, you know, it just wasn't satisfying this feeling that I had. And so I, it actually created a lot of anger and frustration and confusion for me. Um, but I, but it wouldn't, Subside. The feeling was just really strong, just always kind of pushing me forward of there's something else for you. There's something else for you. And so I would try to figure out, well, what what the hell is it? <laughs> you know, how do I figure this out? So I would actually just take out like open up Word documents. And maybe it's this. I, I thought for a while maybe I'll do some graphic design projects for other people who have like awesome messages that I resonate with. And that didn't really feel quite right. And so, you know, I just... Um, I think right after probably maybe two or three years after I'd left like these other companies, I ended up, um, being in my parents' basement. I had moved in with my brother for a little bit and then he was like, Hey, uh, I want to move home and save some money. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'm doing too. So we both like move home. I'm 27. I'm like in my parents' basement. I didn't have a bedroom there anymore. So I was, Hanging up sheets for walls and just like crying, like this is what my life has come to. <laughs> like hanging Amazing. up sheets for walls in the basement, and really was you know resisted not being independent and needing to rely on my family again. And then once I got over myself, I decided to like okay, let me just enjoy this process. And that was actually around the time that I met you on Twitter. And um, I remember. Deciding, like, I'm just going to name this feeling inside me. Like, I don't care if it, like, I don't need it to mean something or become something. I just need to, like, give it a name and then just let that be. And so I did a brainstorming session and Pushing Beauty was the name that came out, um, Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense to me now because it's essentially about, like, kind of expressing my soul, expressing that deeper part of myself Um, and I started just writing and I didn't share it. I didn't make a blog at first. I was just writing about the things that felt meaningful to me and important to me. And a lot of it was about kind of contemplation of like myself and my life, which ended up, I ended up moving to Hawaii, um, right after that and just started to dive into, meditation and really committing to meditation and really committing to like my yoga practice. And I think probably reading books and exploring maybe my spirituality more. Um, and then after that, I was there for about eight months and then moved to LA and about a little less than a year after living in LA, I ended up discovering breath work. Um, and that's where everything started to unravel for me. Um, I, I wasn't, you know, oh, this is it. I'm going to be a breathwork teacher. It was more of like, here's something that's going to help me. And I started working with it and my life started to transform. And then as that started to happen, I ended up taking a training and I took the training. I don't even know why, you know, it's kind of like that path. And you look back, everything made sense. All the dots started to connect, Mm -hmm. but I ended up doing a training and again, had no intention of teaching Um, and about a week after I took the training, my roommate was like, what were you doing last weekend? Um, and I was like, Oh, want me to show you? And so I guided him through a breathwork session and he was blown away. He does not exaggerate about anything. And he was like, everybody needs to do this. This is like the most amazing work I've ever experienced. You know, what is this? What's happening? Mm. So I was like, Oh, okay. It's not just me. Like, I'm not just the person who's, um, finding this powerful other people, you know, are too. Um, Because at the time, breathwork was not very popular, at least here in L.A. And um, ended up, you know, just things sort of just sort of progressed from there.
0: Nice. Well, I I definitely want to jump further into breathwork. But before we do, you said an interesting word. You said, that's the time that my life started to unravel. Why did you choose the word unravel? To me, I wouldn't necessarily consider that a, you know, like, oh, amazing, your life's unraveling. How awesome.
1: <laughs> That's such a good question. Good pick. Um it what yeah, it was unravel actually because this work is really about going going deep and when you go deep, it doesn't feel good a lot. There's a, an aspect of it, you know, once you move through the discomfort and the pain, that is very rewarding and who you become on the other side of that is, um, is well worth (laughs) diving into. And there's all of this beauty and um, just a lot of positive, I guess, words to describe the way that you be, who you become on the other side of it. But the digging deep is an unraveling because you're sort of deconstruction, deconstructing your identity, everything that everything that I thought that I was was really what I recognized was really this mask for, um, I was hiding, I was afraid of who I would find. So I thought that I had to pretend to kind of be these things. And so it was really kind of this unraveling of this identity that I had created for myself. And underneath that, all of this fear that was really um, underneath that, you know, desire to pretend to be somebody because I was afraid of who I really was. Who was I going to find underneath that stuff? So this Ooh. process is is essentially an unraveling into discovering who you really are at the essence.
0: And I, I think that's a question I've had for a long time and that people listening may have also is kind of discerning between when, when we say, hey, who is it that I really am? how do we discern between the part of us that is who we really are and the part of us that's afraid of who we really are? If that question makes any sense, Mm -hmm. I can try to unpack it a little bit more if you'd like
1: yeah I mean, I'll just respond and then you can go deeper if if my response isn't making sense. Yeah. Um, but that resonates a lot with me. Um, I, what I would say is it's not an intellectual knowing mm. it's it's really more of an embodiment. so you can feel you know viscerally what fear feels like it it feels um you know, I could even kind of pull it up right now where it feels sort of like this nervous energy in your body this kind of jittery it feels like a big no you know if you think a lot of people will kind of do this work of like does it feel like a yes or does it feel like a no and you can feel that like usually in a particular place in your body oftentimes around like the belly you can feel like you know uh, a hard no or like a big yes and yes usually feels light it usually feels really expansive and no usually feels like a sucker punch you know it feels Mm -hmm heavy and, um, uncomfortable and maybe even like this kind of sick to your stomach feeling. Um, so my, my feeling of it is that your soul is the part of you. And this is totally just from my own experience. Um, no like intellectual understanding or reading up about it, but my feeling of the soul is that it's the part of you that's like on a mission here. That's like, this is what I need to do. And it may not make any rational sense to you. And it may not be what you want to be doing. You know, I just wrote a book about heartbreak. It was not the book I wanted to write, but my soul was like, this is it. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And it kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me back to it. the part of ourselves that's like, no, I can't. And I don't want it to be that. And, um, you know, people are going to judge me and, and I'm nervous about this or I, you know, any of that stuff to me is fear. It's resistance. It's the part of ourselves, that energy that wants to keep us small and keep us stuck. Um, and so that's the way I feel into it. If that answers your question.
0: It does. Yeah. It, it explores it. And, um, I had another question and now I'm like, oh, now let's go in this other new direction. Well, I guess the question that came up for me was thinking about going into your stomach and sometimes the, the no feels like it's a sucker punch and can you hear the New York sirens in the background? Yep. Uh,
1: <laughs> new York, New York, New York. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, was, uh, I was crossing the street yesterday after dinner on my way home and there were like there was a car at the red light and I was walking behind the car to cross the street and there was another car coming and like clearly he had nowhere to go because there was a car in front of him at the red light but he like he pulled up like super close to me right and then i just like stopped dead in the middle of his like suv truck and just like give him like the death stare of like (laughs) what the fuck are you doing you know and like and then it's like New York, so like I keep. So then I start walking again, and then he like rolls down the window, and he's like, you know, he starts talking, to me, and he's like, "Dude, you gotta watch where you want. I'm like, "Where were you gonna go through the yeah. light? Like, really? Come on, where where were you gonna go?" So yeah, all the personal like, development work right I do away. has paid off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Hey, New York always pushes my boundaries. Like, especially coming from LA, you know, I'm from the East Coast, but whenever I go back to New York, I'm like, damn, people are not very nice here. Like, here it's like squeaky clean, happy. Like, <laughs> um, I was always like joking because one of the first, I went to a concert when I first moved here, and they're like, um, whoever like the band was, was they're like, can you please, like, w- would you mind turning up the amp a little bit, just a little bit? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, coming from Philly for eight years, they'd be like, turn up the amp. <laughs> or, like, yeah. be super aggressive about it.
0: 100%. Yeah, that's funny. Well, okay, so backtracking over here. The question as far as yes or no, right? So I think that there's often fear there that feels like a no, and I think that sometimes, oftentimes, fear isn't actually a sign that we shouldn't do the thing. I don't think it's always a sign that you should do the thing that you're afraid of. I think that's wisdom that got skewed and, and pop and, and and isn't valid to always do the thing you're afraid of. But I think that sometimes when like you can like if I, you know, when me and Nadia, my girlfriend, when I when I first met her, like like I had like butterflies in my stomach or like, oh, my God, like it feels like, the, you know, the words have been taken out of me and this is like super hard and I'm afraid to do this. How, how do you discern between? That kind of fear of like, yes, this is worth stepping into versus like, no, this is just shame or anxiety about the future or or, or past or something that actually isn't a deep truth that I should be leaning in toward.
1: Yeah, this is kind of part of the exploration, right, of getting to know yourself So what I like to do is sort of look at it and just be willing to be with whatever that feeling is, whatever the fear is that's showing up and sort of kind of turn inward and just allow myself to feel into what's what's underneath that like is it an old story is it an old belief sometimes you know we're afraid of things because it's sort of wired in our nervous systems Mm -hmm. and we can sort of release that and not be afraid anymore and then sometimes it'll still be kind of triggered and you can look back and say oh that's that old story that um isn't serving me anymore and actually i don't need to you know so you can start to become aware of it in that way um, the other element of it for me is that fear sometimes I think that we misinterpret it and it's actually, um, and, um, um, excitement. Mm -hmm. And so like the example you gave about Nadia is like a really good one where we would interpret that as like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm like terrified, but actually there's sort of a mixture probably in there around like nervous energy, but there might be more excitement that's really underneath. And so we have to kind of learn how to discern between um, the fear and the excitement and actually even just place a little bit more of our awareness on the excitement part. I just actually had an experience of this a couple weeks ago. I was in um, Joshua tree doing another training and um, I don't sing like I sing like for fun, you know, myself, but I don't have like this angelic singing voice or anything. And I have no uh, desire to like be on stage singing in front of people. But I was sort of talking about my intuition with, with my teacher and he said something about, you know, you might need to, you might need to sing in front of people. And so Anyway, like we were 50 people there and um, I felt like I do not want to sing. Like there's nothing in me that wants to sing. And I was actually making like making it this horrible thing. I was like feeling really crappy. And I was like, no, it's just a no. I just do not want to sing in front of people. And then as other people started to sing, it, it started to feel actually kind of like there was some excitement building in my body. And I would just sort of noticed it and was like, oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, and then I decided to kind of go up in front of everyone. I was just talking and I was like, I'm not going to like push it. I'm not going to make it a big thing. And all of the fear as I was speaking just started to dissipate because I was like really present in the moment. And then I was like, screw it, I'll sing a song. And, you know, the nervous energy kind of came up in the beginning. And then I w- was watching it and paying attention to it and like focusing on, how I felt in my body and I was like oh this is actually fun and I I started smiling and then it was like this kind of excitement that started to build so I think that's another part of it too you know feeling into where are you feeling kind of excited where are you feeling scared and then just being willing to maybe not even draw really big conclusions around it but be curious
0: yeah I love it and curious it sounds like to me is for you and, and for me in partially bring, or partially bringing our energy and our awareness into our body and so not escaping the moment by going into the past or the future but actually breathing into the present one of the things that i i've realized because i've coached a lot of people in the last 5 years and there's always this brink of them being on the edge of like do i do i sign up do i not sign up for coaching or like do i do that thing that is going to like in some ways really challenge my current way of doing things and I really want to do it, but I'm scared. And what I've, I've come to realize is that what we label as in that situation, what we label as fear, I like to just call it intense energy because Mm -hmm. it's not bad and it's not good. It's just intense. And if we disconnect from the intensity of it and go off into our head, then it, it's almost as if it's our, that energy is the physical representation of our potential. So when someone says, hey, live your potential, like what the fuck does that mean? To me, that what it means is that actual energy that you feel in your body is your potential. It's the closest thing. I've been able to identify to that. And when we disconnect from it and push it down, it's like our, our potential gets stuck inside of us and it keeps us feeling heavy. And that heaviness ultimately leads to depression and c- it could even be worse than that. But when we learn to actually breathe into it, we can alchemize it and we use what some might call fear as fuel to propel us forward into our purpose, into the things that excite us instead of um, disconnecting from it. And that is what it sounds like, you know, is was part of your journey you're like going inward and you're like oh you know there there's that energy and when i when i think back to when i first started sensify and it's it's crazy i feel like such a grandpa now like it was like (laughs) mid 2010 like seven years ago i'm like what the fuck um but nonetheless right like if you look at those early videos that i did the thing that people say is like the thing unique about Jacob is he's got so much of this like authentic energy and it's this energy in the videos. And the reality was, is I was so scared on those videos, but instead of being timid and, and shy, I just brought my full and enthu- I just used it as enthusiasm. So it came across as passion because I was like, da, 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 da. but it was just cause I was so nervous and I just needed a way to work with that energy. And I think that that's often um, overlooked. Like, the nervousness that we feel when we train ourselves to develop a relationship with that sensation in our body, it's not just not a bad thing. It actually can be used as a good thing because it enlivens us and it, it, it vibrates us. It makes us vibrant and we, we can have a level of success and kind of aliveness that we wouldn't be able to have, I believe, in many times without that there.
1: Yeah, I love that, that, you know, I talk a lot about actually, like transmuting energy. So like, say, for example, what came to mind when you were speaking was like anger, right? We tend to shame anger mm-hmm. in our culture. And a lot of us end up sho- you know, because it, we shame it, we shove it deep down in our bodies, we don't really let ourselves feel feel it. Not Nadia. Uh, she's, time...
0: she's great at anger, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should talk then. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. Um, no, And I've dealt with a lot of anger in my life and, and had a lot of shame around it and repressed it in many ways. And, um, you know, a lot of times, like you were mentioning about depression, sadness, anger, those things that get layered in our bodies end up creating this heaviness that tends to kind of express itself as depression um but when we give ourselves permission to feel those feelings and release them in a healthy way First of all, it gives you access to those other parts of yourself, but you can also work with it to transmute it into, like you're saying, passion. I mean, passion and anger are like very closely linked. And when you start to utilize that energy and express it in a way that's um actually coming from right this like soul place, it comes out in a way that's actually um serving you and supporting you rather than harming you. Um, and then the other thing that I was thinking when you were speaking about like it's so true, right? Like we don't um, allow ourselves to feel our feelings when like people are, you're talking about people um, thinking about signing up for your course and like the intensity and, and people often talk about breath work as being very intense and it is. And I'm so okay with that. I'm, I'm totally fine with intense feelings. We're so afraid of them as a culture. We're like terrified of feeling our feelings and that's it's not even feeling the, the quote unquote bad feelings or scary feelings. We're also afraid of feeling... Yeah um joy and you know um el- elation like some of these really incredible feelings um and and actually what's kind of tragic is that um i think sometimes we're so afraid of feeling them because we're afraid we're going to lose it i'll have some mm-hmm. clients that'll be like i've been feeling so good and i'm terrified that it's going to like crash and burn right that that it's going to go away
0: 100% and a big
1: part of the human process is that yeah it's going to right like we're not going to be like high as a kite 24 7 you're going to experience the ups and downs but it's navigating that and and handling that with grace that i think can really transform your relationship to life
0: mm. yeah i love it amazing i had like six different ways i wanted to go and now i'm like oh <laughs> shit where do we go what? but um if, yeah i i completely dig it. A coach of mine once said something to me like anytime you 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 choose to not feel an emotion that's there for you, you shut down a part of your aliveness. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty fucking annoying that. and interesting <laughs> and right." <laughs> I'm like cool. Like, um, damn it. Yeah. I feel everything. Well, so we're like 28 minutes in and we haven't really spoke about what breath what breathwork is yet. So can you tell everyone who's listening just a little bit more about what breath work actually is, and then we can go into, you know, why it's so powerful.
1: Yeah. So it's an active meditation, um, in the simplest sense. So we breathe and there's many different types of breath work. The, The one that I teach and practice is a breathing pattern of breathing into your low belly, which is where a lot of our emotions are stored, and then breathing into your heart, which obviously is the kind of um, love, the center of love in your body. Um, And so the work in and of itself is about letting go of your mind and connecting to your body. So as you're breathing, you begin to feel the energy in your body, Our energy is always moving. You can tune into it really at any time, um, the more connected you become. But as you start breathing, you're having a really visceral experience in your body. So you start to feel your energy moving. It sort of feels like people will describe it as tingly sensations, sometimes electricity moving through the body. And as you breathe in this way, you'll start to come up against some blocks. So some, you know, like we've been speaking about fear will show up um, old stories, past trauma. So whether it's a small trauma, like being teased as a kid, whether it's a really big trauma, like being sexually abused, um, at any time during your life, these things will start to come up in the body because they get lodged there. And so as you're breathing, it's an opportunity to start to release some of this pain and trauma that's been stored there. And as you're releasing it, you know, obviously you're becoming, you're feeling lighter, you're getting more clear. But because you're getting out of your head, you're able to actually deal with some of the underlying sort of spiritual and emotional, um, I guess, components to who we are. So on a deep level, you're beginning to transform yourself in a very deep way. So you know, in our culture we tend to think about things like we learn, you know, intellectually. It's an it's an intellectual understanding. But you doing this work is actually cutting off the mind, although you're going to come out of the session and have some realizations um, that will be sort of this intellectual component. But deeper than that, you're doing work um on these deep levels of spirit and you know, soul and um and emotions. And for many, many, many of us, pretty much all of us, you know, we're taking on and we've stored a lot of emotion in our bodies, the things that we have come to believe, you know, aren't okay, the parts of ourselves that maybe we judge or that we're afraid to be, and we kind of shove all of that down. And so breathing this way starts to let everything come to the surface, and it allows you to re- release the things that aren't serving you anymore so that you can start to show up in the world as a fuller version of, of who it is you really are here to be.
0: Nice. It reminds me of Joseph Campbell. He has this uh, quote and he says, I don't think what people are looking for is the meaning of life as much as what they're looking for is the experience of actually being alive. And I never really like resonated. I was like, ah, I don't know about you, Campbell, like whatever. And then I like as I've been on my own journey more and more. You know meaning comes from the mind, yeah whereas the experience of being alive is to actually be fully connected to the whole of yourself, not just your mind but actually in embodied in your whole self mm-hmm. and I think that when we um, when we cut off our emotions you know oftentimes and, and try to rationalize them and don't process what's there that we're, we're actually escaping the The thing that we're looking for the most, which is I think on a deep level what we're all looking for is ourselves and -hmm. we're looking for ourselves out in society and we're and we we find experiences that make us feel certain ways. And when we feel certain ways, then we feel alive. I bought a new TV. Oh, it's fucking great. New TV. (laughs) Awesome. Right. Or like I went on a date and I just feel this way. What we're really feeling, what we're really searching for is is often inside of ourselves. And. To, to circle back around to something that you shared, you know, you said fear or trauma gets lodged in our body. To me, intuitively, that makes sense. And I'm wondering for someone who's like, you know, well, that's interesting. But what does that mean? Can you speak to that deeper or even from a, a scientific or physiological perspective? Like, what does it mean that like fear, or emotion or trauma gets lodged in our body?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about the scientific part of it, but I think that what ends up happening is, you know, trauma and pain get stored somewhere. And so. I mean, it it might be, it may be more like of an energy field, but like, that's, you know, an embodiment, our energy is in our bodies. And so that's how we experience. And so what will happen in, you know, for example, a breathwork session um, with a client or a session that I do myself is as you're breathing, you'll start to feel the energy moving, right? So your energy is actually moving, it's flowing, it'll feel kind of tingly. And then there'll be certain places where it'll feel like stuck like literally like there's, um, and it'll show up in different ways, but like a a, a particular shape and uh, a consistency of this energy. And um, sometimes, you know, you can even describe the color of the energy and you can sense it and feel it actually in the body. And so, you know, in a session with somebody, I'll work with them to actually release that particular, um, you know, entity, we'll call it or, you know, the energy in the body that's, that's stuck there. And typically that energy will be sabotaging the person and it'll, it'll come in at a particular time when the person was, you know, really vulnerable. Um, and that energy, you know, shows up to make us believe that we're safe and it actually ends up harming us. And a lot of times this, this would be like a way deeper conversation, so I won't get too much into it, but you know a lot of times it can show up as like really negative thought patterns that are you know almost obsessive sometimes mm. um and they these are some of the ways that we get really stuck and stay really small in our lives and become really fearful in certain areas um and so you can actually start to work with releasing that energy completely from from the body and be free of it essentially yeah
0: and then your your physiology will Changing your physiology will change your psychology. So by moving that energy and, and working on your body, it actually affects your brain. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that has caused me the most pain earlier on in life and maybe even from time to time now, which is thinking that I can think my way out of overthinking like it doesn't work. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm trying to fight fire with fire. And if if there's a change that I want to make in my mind, the intuitive thing would you say, Oh, you know, cool. I'll, I'll work on it in my mind. But actually the, the counterintuitive and incredibly, I find more powerful way to do it is actually to go into the body and to use a different um, I don't even know what you'd call it, but a different approach that it creates that that's almost the root of the the issue that is happening in our head.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's like you're trying to think, think about not thinking or think about not overthinking. Yeah. And so you're activating that part. And actually, and this is what I love so much about breathwork, because I have had a very, very, very active mind. And, um, and this was the most powerful work that helped me become more comfortable. I was not comfortable feeling my body at all, feeling, you know, my emotions actually, even though I was an emotional person, there were certain emotions that I didn't feel comfortable feeling. And so all of that stuff would get pushed down and you have to, you know, it's really scary on a unconscious level. Cause a lot of us aren't even aware that we're carrying all this around with us on a day to day basis. Um, but once you have to, you know, once you start to cut off the mind, the danger there is then you have to feel, and so you have to feel some of the stuff that doesn't feel that good. You have to sit with some of the stuff, um, that's pretty scary and you, you have to cry and you have to yell and you have to punch a pillow, (laughs) you know, how you have to deal with all that stuff. Um, but like I was saying before, the other side of it is. Um, everything that's inside you, that if you are a person that feels like there's something more for yourself or there's, uh, you know, a deeper way that you want to be or understand yourself or feel comfortable in your own skin, um, be able to express yourself authentically, you know, all of that stuff is on the other side of feeling your emotions, processing them and releasing them.
0: What percentage of your clients are men besides me? Me and Michelle have done one breathwork session, which was amazing. And then I I hired her for a mini retreat that I ran and and she facilitated for my group. So aside from from those two things, what percentage of your clients are men?
1: Smaller. Yeah, I would say probably 25% might be generous but yeah okay. pretty small that's mm-hmm. what i would
0: have guessed yeah even even yeah. lower maybe i would have guessed yeah. um, and because as we're having our conversation i'm thinking how do i market this conversation to men like how do yeah. i let? i'm like trying to bring in the science of it because yeah, yeah. i think that this is so needed and so valuable for everyone and i think oftentimes the people who have the most shame and reluctancy to feel their emotions are men and or just women because we live in a masculinized culture that you know at this point we're, we're all kind of operating from this paradigm of, of we need to act in this masculinized way but I, and I, and I feel part of my purpose on this planet is to help men connect with the whole of themselves and have a range of their ability to em- embrace their masculine energy and embrace their feminine energy. And so as we're sitting here, I'm like, oh man, how do I sell this to the dudes? Cause dudes, yeah. you fucking need this. This shit is amazing. <laughs> like get on board.
1: Well, I think having you be a voice that's saying that is doing work in and of itself. Um, but yeah, it is it is a little bit more challenging. I think that, you know, for men, the, the thing that I will say is that if you just want to open your mind up enough to try something I mean you're breathing you're breathing you lay down and you're breathing that's it and um and you get to yell, yeah, you, get <laughs> so to yell. First, you, you get to yell I love it so that's the masculine thing the first time that I breathed in a group actually I was in a small group of like seven people and there were six men in the room I was the only woman and they were all like these big like masculine kind of dudes and I had never been in a group before and I had like never yelled in a session before either. And we yelled and all these men next to me like screamed so loud. It gave me such permission to, and I felt like totally safe. And I was like screaming at the top of my lungs, which was mm. just so liberating. And, and then, you know, I'm in this room with all of these men just sobbing and like letting go. And at the end we just like kind of talked and, you know, it was such a beautiful experience to be able to, um, just face into the essence of who we are. We're all emotional beings, you know, it's fine. You know, the science is cool. And like, you know, being in our minds is cool, but like, we all have emotions regardless if you're a man or a woman or whatever, however you tend to identify yourself, um, uh, on the deeper level is like, we're all battling the same things. We're all battling the same demons. Um, and this work is really powerful for anyone who's interested in being more free
0: yeah yeah awesome and and there's part of it which is emotions and, and part of it what i found is the a connection a deeper connection to my intuition which mm-hmm. is the ultimate compass for how to create a life of of ultimate freedom and success and fulfillment and the way that a coach of mine described intuition and she's like She's like, your intuition is kind of like your future successful self giving you clues how to get there, which is really cool. Yeah, she's awesome. Same coach as I referenced earlier. Um, And so, dudes... For for the dudes who are listening to this, for the ladies, I'm not gonna sell you guys. I think Michelle did a beautiful job of you know communicating (laughs) what needed to be communicated. For the dudes, think about the first time your girl was like, "Yo, you should go to yoga," and you're like, "Yoga for chicks? Really? Like that's not my." And then you went to yoga, and it totally kicked your ass, and you were like, "What the fuck, this yoga thing, man? I was not expecting that. How do they do that?" Right. So I think there's a parallel here, which is like. On some level, we're talking about emotions. We're talking about intuition and soul, and and you you may or may not feel like drawn to that. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, there. If, if you are the type of person who's committed to your growth and inspired to be all that you can be, and really step into what life has to offer for you, then. Give it a shot. And on that note, Michelle, how can people try breath work? I, I know you have some – Some they can work with you. I know you have some digital stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone who's like, okay, cool. I listened to this. Now what's the next step? Where do we send them?
1: Yeah. So com. that's my website. And I have a virtual workshop that I do every month, um, which is under the event page. And if you're in Los, Los Angeles, I have a bunch of in-person events that I do Um, that are also listed there. Um, But if you want to dive right in on your own, I have a guided audio, which you can find under the shop page, which is about a 35 to 40 minute session. You basically just press play um, and I'll guide you through a session on your own.
0: Nice. And someone who came on the private retreat that I, I led, that you facilitated for, actually after we did our session, he had such a profound experience that he went and I guess snooped through your website or whatever you call. I don't know. Snooping is probably not the appropriate word, but like, fell in love Browse. with your website <laughs> <laughs> and 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 purchased or got some some uh, guided breathwork from your your site and and said so that was quite powerful. Also, doing that awesome. even although it wasn't necessarily live, so you guys can try that. Um, Michelle, anything that we missed that you feel would make sense to bring into our conversation at this point?
1: I don't think so. I mean, there's so much depth, I think, to to this work. I, I guess I would just close with wherever you are on your journey, um, this work will help help you understand yourself better. I mean, that's kind of if you're interested in, in personal development, and you want to work on yourself, um, being able to be with kind of some of the experiences in in the body that you know, you just even think about fear is like the biggest thing. So we're all dealing with fear um, or addictions or, you know, if you have a history of abuse, a- anything that you've gone through in your life or are currently going through that's um, holding you back from where you want to be and where you want to go, um, even just doing one session will start to open you up enough to, um, to connect to the deeper part of yourself that's like you're saying the intuition that was like a perfect explanation of it. That part of you that's like, hey, I, I know where to go next. Um, and that's, I think, gonna gonna serve everyone, no matter where they are.
0: Did I? I don't know if I told you. I may have. Like after we did our breathwork session, the the one that we did privately, I I had like three or four different challenging situations Like I had two mentors of mine that I, I thought I kind of like offended. And, and I didn't know if that was actually real or not, but I, I thought, I thought I did. And I was, I was afraid that I kind of hurt our relationship a little bit and had another friend of mine whose mom is, is terminally ill. And, and, um, right after our session, I immediately recorded voice audios for both of my friends and mentors, uh, the, those two people. And then my other friend whose mom was ill and and, and a third and a f- fourth person, um, And both of them, one of the mentors was like, Oh my God, best message I've ever received. I love you. Thank you. The other person hit me back. It's like, yo, let's talk. And then invited me to come speak at a 200 person event of his. And then my friend, I actually teared up recording the message for him. And, um, I think he teared up listening to it. It was, it was so meaningful and, and profound. And so, uh, obviously if you guys, obviously you guys are listening and you can tell, uh, I'm a believer, not just a believer, but I've, I've felt the effects, and I highly encourage you, if you are feeling called to it, to to go play with Michelle. Michelle, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Jacob. It's been such a great time talking to you.
0: All right, and we'll have to save the uh, good old what is the meaning of life question for round two.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. All right.